It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. Welcome to the party. I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. We get Luke Braun's camp takeaways today. Can't wait. That was Bart Scott. Luke Emnett on Twitter, at Luke underscore Spinman. Hey, JJ just got his 99 Madden Award at Walkthrough yesterday, so might have to ask Ron Johnson if he remembers what his Madden rating was back in the day. And I'm Luke Braun of Locked On Vikings, and I can't wait to take a victory lap on every single one of my pre-camp takes. Can't wait for that. Coming up on today's Minnesota football party. Locked on Sports Minnesota podcast. It's endless Minnesota Vikings talk with the diverse voices of your local experts. It's time for the Minnesota football party. It's your guys hanging out talking next level Vikings football. So join in with Pro Football Network's Arif Hassan, Locked On Vikings' Luke Braun, Superior Sports Talk's Luke Inman, and Vikings insider Sam Ekstrom, plus the biggest names in Minnesota football for the Minnesota Football Party. And it starts now. What's up, everybody? Another Thursday on the Minnesota Football Party. Welcome into the show. My name's Sam Ekstrom. I'm at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. I cover the Vikings here for Lockdown Sports Minnesota, also part of the Ron Johnson Show and Minnesota Sports Rankum. Find me on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom. It's a Luke Fest today. Luke Inman, at Luke underscore Spinman, NFL Draft Buzz newsletter author, and Luke Braun who uh, is at Luke Braun NFL on Twitter. Forgot about that for a moment. You can get his spicy camp takes on that Twitter account. He hosts Locked on Vikings. Uh, we are a reefless for today, and for that, we are sad. Ron Johnson, though, yeah. will join us. Yeah, debatable. Ron Johnson <laughs> will join yourself. us later in the program uh, to give us his training camp hot takes. We're full of nothing but opinions today, and I can't wait to get Luke Bronze. He was out at camp in the flesh first time a couple days ago, so we're going to 
have him empty his notebook. Today's show brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, though. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. Sign up today and sign up to get Locked On Sports Minnesota's content. It's free on YouTube, free and available wherever you get your podcasts or the Sirius XM app, one of our great new partners. Let's kick it to Braun. You're here in the Twin Cities. You saw the injury plagued. Oh, it's Luke Braun's fault. Luke Braun shows up. Oh, oh yeah, I'm hurt. very cursed. Uh, that's what happened. Okay, now I understand. Uh, well, everybody got hurt on your watch. Other than that, mm-hmm. what did you think? Yeah, the injuries sucked, although it seems like they all came out with uh, decent news, right? Like Alexander Madison participating in walkthrough, Tristan Jackson avoiding ligament, uh, ligament damage. I, I wonder if, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, if Tristan Jackson could, can get back in for any because it, it seemed like he was actually going to be able to make a push for the roster yeah. the way that he was playing, uh, but can't make the club in the tub. So that that is a really, really bad break for him personally. Um, my takeaways, I guess, it, it was interesting to see some of the players that have been getting all the hype. I haven't been able to see Jalen Naylor yet. Obviously, he's still out. But, uh, you know, seeing Jordan Addison for the first time and say, oh, OK, he's real like that's. You know, sometimes you get up the first look at a guy and they're they're drilling with the threes and they're not really looking spectacular. And you're going, eh, is this guy just like developing or why is he so slow? No, Jordan Addison is looks like the guy he was in college, which I was a big fan of. So that's nice seeing like Ivan Pace excelling on special teams and on defense. You know, everybody's going, well, is this undrafted guy? Is he going to make the roster as easily as everyone says? It seems like yes. Um and and watching the special teams drills in particular and guys like Najee Thompson having a good day, guys like Tay Gowan having an unbelievable day. Uh, that was that's one that I've been like raving about on Locked On Vikings because he had an unbelievable day on special teams and then went and won a bunch of one on ones uh, in the wide receiver cornerback stuff. So I'm very curious to keep watching him. It's like, did I just get his best day or uh, did you know, is, is there something surprising about to happen? And I think the same, you know, we were talking about Brandon Powell and Jalen Rager, and I think most of us had Powell over Rager. Very vindicated there. Powell looks a lot better. He looks like right now the fourth best guy on the field with no Jalen Naylor there, um, which tells me I, I feel like that's going to be the guy that makes the team. Obviously, it's more about the punt return competition than the wide receiver competition, but he looks like a guy that like, hey, if a bunch of injuries happen and he has to go in, I'd be like, I don't know. There's some potential there that maybe we can yeah. see what this kid, what this guy has. Um, Would you yeah, be old enough to say Brandon Powell may be the biggest winner of Viking training camp? Because Sam and I just did a rank him and I had the winners. I put Brandon Powell as number one. Ivan Pace, number two. Um, Him or I, him or Gallon for me. Those are the two guys for me okay. that were the biggest risers in my like mm-hmm. uh, in, in terms of like my roster predictions um and then yeah probably ivan pace who's getting in with the ones got a sack or got a sack when when he rotated all the the second team linebackers rotated in with the ones and when he did it he got a sack and he's been firmly with the twos um and so he is just already above troy reader who in my initial all of my initial roster ideas i was like okay well troy reader is probably the default guy there and i think that's just wrong i think that it is ivan pace um and it's not even reader and like it's not like it's die yeah it's die yeah die continues to hang on to this team i don't know how he's doing it if you're not a starter it's about special teams yeah it's always about special teams and and troy die has been a core special teamer the whole time he's been here 
Um, watching Mullins and Jaron Hall was very interesting. Watching the safeties was interesting because, you know, you're going, well, is Lewis seen like bad or what's the deal? No, I think there's just four good safeties. Someone's got to yeah. be fourth. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a deep you room, that. you know? That's did not a problem. A, did you get a chance to, um, I don't know, dissect it all, like some of the new plays or formations or oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. wrinkles out there at all? Because you're such a big X's and O's guy, and I know you know this KOC offense now like the back of your hand with all the studying you've done ever since he was hired and brought in. Any new wrinkles or any just observations, more two or three tight end sets, fullback looks, anything like that that you kind of glean some new info on? Yeah, maybe the take that I hawked about the most all offseason was, oh, the Vikings are going to steal from Kyle Shanahan. They're going to start doing Shanahan stuff. CJ Ham's going to be like, use check. TJ Hawkinson's going to do the Kittle stuff. Like, they're going to start doing San Francisco 49ers things. Well, guess what they're drilling? Um, the If you watch the running backs, if you're at the night practice and you watch the running backs in individual drills, watch and see what kind of motions they are practicing. It's really interesting. Um, a lot of the same ways to get to what, in the Shanahan world is called like force, which is fullback to the outside lead blocking or weak, which is fullback lead blocking to the weak, uh, the weak side linebacker or Mike fullback lead blocking to the Mike linebacker. Lots of different ways to get the fullback in whatever position he has to be in to get that linebacker. And they're just sort of drilling the timings of those motions. But you can tell that that's going to be uh, some of the stuff that they they run out of that 21 personnel and they're spending entire drill periods drilling that. And not only that, but also having the running backs drill being lead blockers on that. So we might see some two back kind of Miami Dolphins style where you have maybe Alexander Madison out there and, and Dwayne McBride lead blocking for him or something like that. That was mm -hmm. something that that got drilled uh, before Madison went uh, went out with that hamstring. So a, a lot of interesting wrinkles on that in, in that run game and, and also having, you know, tight ends drill that kind of stuff, too. I also looking at Josh Oliver as a receiver. I he looks solid. Just, it's nothing. I mean, he's not as blowing anybody out of the water or anything like that. You don't expect him to. But, hey, he runs the route the way he's supposed to. It's crisp enough and he makes the catch. That'll play. Yeah, Oliver is going to be sneaky, impressive in this offense, I think. I loved the phrase, and I told this to Luke earlier. KOC used the word removal to describe what happens when Josh Oliver is lined up next to Christian Derrissaw or Brian O'Neill. Yeah. He's the sixth offensive lineman. He's the George yeah. Fant of this offense where he's just helping plow through guys, creating lanes. The Aviant Collins, if you will. There you the go. Love that pull. Yeah. <laughs> hey, can I take a hard left here? Mm -hmm. What's the dead cap situation look like next year? The Daniil mm -hmm. Hunter numbers are out. We know Kirk Cousins is going to have $28 million whenever they decide to part ways. Marcus Davenport's got like $7 million and change, I think, in dead cap. What was your just quick impressions on the Daniil deal, just being the cap wizard that you are? And then any projections as far as how much dead cap are we actually looking at next year? Yeah, if, if you want to look at the negotiation as a competition between Daniil Hunter and the Vikings, which I think sometimes that it can turn into that, the Vikings won. I, I don't think Daniil Hunter got really anything that he wanted out of any of this. Um, I, I he, he did get more money, and that's great. He got a raise on set capital, a raise of about $7 million, and then... I think it, it was like 3.7 or something like that uh, next or 2.7 or something like that in extra dead cap next year. Um, so he gets a little bit of new money. He has a very high sack incentive. Uh, ben Gessling just reported this um, on Thursday morning. 
that it, it, his incentives, he's got a $3 million incentive tied to sacks, and that's not likely to be earned, which means that incentive is above his sack total last year, which was 10.5. So it'll be like, if you get 11 sacks, you get $3 million, or it could be like 12, 15, 18, or something like mm -hmm. that. Um, either way, if he hits that incentive, it becomes a 2024 cap charge, but it will not, that $3 million does not count until he hits it. So if he doesn't hit it, if he gets hurt or if he just doesn't get 10 sacks, um, then that 3 million just doesn't exist. So it's between 14 and a half and 17 and a half in dead cap for Daniel Hunter next year, depending on how those incentives go. And if I can look at it, they've got, I've, I've got um, dead cap up right now for 2024. They've got 50 million in dead cap. Like let's just, is it 50? It's stupid. It's 28 Kirk, oh. almost 15 Daniil, and then oh, Davenport almost seven. Does that worry I you see. guys? Over the I cap mean, hasn't. Jeez, holy smokes. I know we're in a youth yet. movement here, and you know he's cleared up plenty of room for the, you know, the foreseeable future, Quasi that is. Obviously, we're going to see what these JJ deals and Hawkinson and Darisaw down the line, but 50 mil, man, no matter how you shake it out, try to sugarcoat it. Jeez, that's tough. It's to part follow. of the plan. They the yeah it, it it's this is this is the cost of getting out out of Kirk. I think a lot of people really 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 want to be done with Kirk Cousins. I, I think that's just the size of it for a lot of Vikings fans is I will not get excited until it's not Kirk Cousins because Kirk Cousins to me is synonymous with eight and eight. Mm -hmm. Um and and some of this is on Rick Spielman as well, right? I mean he started I think most of it down the road long before Casey showed well, up. Yeah, Quasey inherited a Kirk Cousins contract situation, and he had to transition out of it in a way that did not torpedo the franchise Ryan Poles style. Mm -hmm. so Ryan Poles is digging out of a hole right now with a really, really bad roster, as many assets as he can get, but it's a really bad roster. You got to hit on a lot of draft picks, hit on a lot of free agent signings now. Yep. Quasey didn't want to deal with that. He's trying to transition smoothly out of it, and it is a much smaller cost to say, all right, we got a big dead cap year in 2024. We'll pay the piper there. Uh, so just bite the bullet one year and be done. Bite the bullet in cap space is a way smaller cost than bite, biting the bullet in roster quality. Having a bad For team sure. is a way mm -hmm. higher cost than having a little bit of a cap puzzle you got to figure out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 50 million though. That is a big number. And I would say that, I and odds are, like in theory, you could make that go away by bringing the player back. But I don't think any of those players are coming back. Kirk, Kirk yeah, would actually Kirk, be Hunter. the likeliest in my eyes, like if they worked out something short term with him, if he had a really good year. And I still think that's unlikely. Uh, yeah, I should mention both players in uh, Hunter and Kirk, who are the biggest of those dead cap hits, have publicly said they would love to, you know, stay a Viking their whole career for whatever stock you put into that. And I do think I do believe them. Like, I think that that's true of that. They say that. And I think it's more, do the Vikings want to do that? Which I think is a no for mm -hmm. both right now. But hey, look, yeah. if they go to the Super Bowl, this might change, right? I think this, this mm -hmm. season has a lot to do with that decision-making process. And so I don't think the Vikings are really going to try to make that decision ahead of time. I think they're going to think about that as soon as the season ends. And it's going to be this really mad rush because from the end of the season, if they don't make the playoffs from the end of the season to the void date, which is when these two guys will become free agents. It's like in the middle of February. There's, there's like six weeks 
to come up with a new contract. So it will be a mad dash to come up with something if they want to. And if we don't hear anything for the first couple of weeks about them trying to do something, like if 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 it feels like, you know, we're not going to like if, if it's just radio silence and, and it's a day before the void date and we haven't heard anything, I'm going to guess that those guys are just becoming free agents and Quasi's building the team that he wanted, not the team that he inherited. Outside of the dead cap, what's Kirk's base this year? What's his cap hit just this year? What's the cap um, hit on Kirk? I can look at it right now. It's yeah, cap, cap hit 20.25. 20. Okay, so I guess the, the glass half full way that some people are going to choose to look at this is going to say, okay, well, if you do move on from Kirk, you take that 28 hit, but it's not like you're going to move on from Kirk and go sign another free agent, right? Quarterback. I mean, at that point, Tyler Murray, you, somebody said yeah, they're going to trade okay. for him. It's not out of the realm of possibilities, but most likely the scenario that plays out is, you're rolling with the draft pick. So all of a sudden, for instead sure. of that 20 million base, you're starting quarterback, you're only paying peanuts, you know, four, five, six, seven, eight, right. something like that. So you do get a little bit of that back, or it helps soften the blow, well, I feel like. By he's the got time his 28 mil dead cap hit. But once you get through to 2025, you have rookie QB on a on a small rookie contract, and maybe he's competing with Jaron Hall or whatever, and that's your, your QB competition that we're covering in camp in 2024. But hopefully that helps you sort of get through and, and now you're out of these huge bloated contracts that Quasi inherited like seven of from the Rick Spielman era. That's part of why Rick Spielman isn't here anymore. Um, and then he can sort of build the team. But I, I think a lot of it too is just Quasi inherited guys. These aren't his dudes. He wants his dudes. Mm -hmm. You know, he's going to be more loyal to Brian Azamoa than Eric Hendricks. It's just kind of how it goes with GMs. I uh, I don't even know if they'll be able to afford a quarterback in free agency if that's the route they want to go, like a Kyler Murray, just at least in 2024, given all that dead cap. I think it's it's got to be either Kirk or a rookie at the end of the yeah. day. I'm you sure you can hey, always find a way. In. Yeah, caps them. In. You, you can always find a way, and, and it's just that the cost eventually becomes cap flexibility in the future. And if you're willing to sacrifice cap flexibility in the future to get your quarterback which feels like, yeah, I would probably make that devil's bargain, mm -hmm. then, you know, go ahead and pull the trigger. Um, and, and then it just becomes, you know, if you give up too much cap flexibility, then you have to start doing what, like what the Rams have done, which is basically, ah, crap, we just kind of have to let the roster die for a minute. Right. Now you got to rebuild through all of that. And you can't let, you know, that's where the Bears were after Khalil Mack and Akeem Hicks and all of this. All Man, of the, I remember when Big Ben finally retired and hung it up and he had like 22 and dead. And, and granted, yeah. that's what, like 10 years ago now or what? Packers are eating 40 lower, this year from Rodgers. Wow. Like 40 uh, split across the next two years because of June 1st stuff. But like, that's crazy. Yeah, they're eating a huge hit off of Aaron Rodgers. I think Jordan it's the biggest Love ever. Wow. Or make a decision after this year, too. Right? And, and then you got to figure that out. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. They do have a fifth year option, though. So, oh, yeah. I think then I think they picked that up. And didn't, didn't they renegotiate like a, an amended two year deal? to take him through the fifth year option. I thought they might've done that. Um, someone can verify while I tell us about FanDuel and then we'll get into uh, who can gain most from playing in preseason games. And also who's just eliminated from roster contention at this point, more training camp talkers after a word from FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook partner of locked on and America's number one sportsbook. Uh, you got NFL futures, you got golf futures. Uh, you got a lot of ways to bet at FanDuel, but you can also bet the MLB games every single day, a full slate every day at FanDuel. Take your first swing at betting 
at FanDuel's MLB Sportsbook. Uh, you can get up to 10 times your initial bet back in bonus bets. So if you put 20 on the Twins, minus 130 tonight, they'll give you $200 in bonus bets, whether the Twins win or lose with Sonny Gray on the mound. You can bet 10, get 100, bet 5, get 50. That's the great new promotion going on at FanDuel. Uh, at FanDuel, it's very easy to use. FanDuel.com slash locked on or the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Very intuitive. You also get paid instantly when you win. No better place to bet baseball than at FanDuel Sportsbook. They are an official partner of Major League Baseball. And again, that website, FanDuel.com slash locked on. FanDuel.com slash locked on. Claim your bonus bets today. And a reminder, folks, make sure you tune into our Locked On Sports Minnesota roundtable. The everydayers know what I'm talking about. It's Ron Johnson, Luke Inman, myself, usually Reggie Wilson. He's out tomorrow. We might have a surprise fourth chair uh, in that show, so that'll be a lot of fun. Talk about the night practice. Talk about uh, Vikings training camp all day, every day here on Locked On Sports Minnesota. So, uh, Luke Inman, who do you think can gain most? from playing in preseason games, actual games, uh, live bullets. That's our prompt today on the four-minute drill. Start the clock. It's time to execute the four-minute drill. Spinman, what do you have for an answer? I think if you were to ask me this a month or two ago, I'm looking at the running backs. I mean, when it came to running backs in preseason, we were most excited about what this rotation was going to look like. A lot of young guys, how these guys are going to be used. But I think that's all pretty much locked in stone. I'm turning to the passing game next because like Kirk said at the podium yesterday, it's one thing to do it in practice, but until you get the physicality, right, the energy ramped up during a real game, it's tough to know which of these wideouts has those natural ball instincts to fight for the ball and go up and get it. So just knowing Tristan Jackson's probably on the mend for a while, I'm looking at guys like Thayer Thomas, who's made some noise, Garrett Mogg, who's got, you know, the boundary alpha six foot four frame. Blake Prohl, this is probably his last chance to make some noise. And probably even Jalen Rager. I mean, he's got to do something, anything, come live action to save a roster spot. Not to mention who's just got the natural timing, some rhythm, some chemistry with these backup quarterbacks, whether it's Nick Mullins or it's Jaron Hall throwing them the ball. So there's a roster spot or two to still be had there potentially. And I think it's still anyone's game. It's just a matter of going out, making some splash plays and looking the part of an NFL wideout during a real game come preseason. Braun. I I got two. I'll, I'll stay with the passing game um, for kind of the same reason. Look, with the twos, especially with Tristan Jackson likely out, I don't think he'll play any preseason, uh, even even though he avoided ligament damage. But what about Lucky Jackson? Because he will now be on the field at the same time. He's been with the twos. So he'll be on the field at the same time as Brandon Powell, who I think is now the front runner for that last wide receiver spot, uh, assuming Naylor gets the fourth one. So if he can really show out and eat up a whole bunch of those targets, every catch he gets is one that Brandon Powell isn't getting. And if he can like just directly outplay Brandon Powell, he might be able to mm. sneak onto the roster or at the very least prove that he deserves a practice squad slot that gets you in the building, that gets your foot in the door, right? Um, I also think I, I will go with somebody in the running game. I think Dwayne McBride has a great opportunity with Alexander Madison, healthy or not, will not play in the preseason. Um, and you'll get a lot of competition between Ty Chandler and Kenny Wongwu for that second job. But D. Wayne McBride's going to get a lot of reps in the second half of these games uh, yeah. in, in, in the, the parts that nobody watches. He's going to get a lot of opportunities to prove himself. And look, watching him in camp, he looks 
like the same guy he looked like in college that I got really excited about. I think that with a lot of opportunities, I think he can show out and have that AJ Rose style hype train, but actually with a and the ability to keep it up for all three games, if he can do that, um, I think not only can he make the roster, but he might be able to crack the rotation a little bit more than we're all expecting. Yeah, because there is no Rose, there's no Jarrell Presley, there's no one who's going to mop up who's not going to make the team. Like all every single exactly. carry is going to come from somebody who's probably going to be on this roster. So that is different than other years that we've seen. Um, I'm looking to Makai Blackman. First of all, is Juwan Williams going to be asked to play in these games? I think I think you have to. I think you have to play. Well, Juwan he's with the Williams. twos now. He has been relegated to the twos, and I think I think this is sort of phase two of the camp competition. There, so it started out week one was all Jawan. I th- I'm guessing, just a guess, the plan was always to let Makai have a go at it, and that's what that's the the mode he's in right now. Jawan Williams has like 300 cover snaps in his career. Just because he's a veteran, 25 years old, I think you got to play him. You got to see if he can can hold up. Um, like Braun, did you see the rep? I think it was the practice you were at, where Jordan Addison ran by him like he was tied to the ground. I only saw how much separation Jordan Addison had. I did not see how he got it. But yeah, I saw him. I saw that. I mean, he was streaking. It was yeah, alarming. And I know that those drills favor the offensive player, but alarming separation against Juwan Williams. Um, I'd like to see Williams and then I'd like to see Blackman. I'd like to see those two sort of competing directly against each other because the door's wide open for Blackman now. Andrew Booth Jr. is basically, I mean, he's hurt, but he's like out of the competition. He's out of the competition. So it comes down to Jawan Williams and Makai Blackman to be that CB3. And I think that Blackman has a shot at it. I think that Williams has a place. Um, with his size, with his physicality, maybe he's just a backup. Maybe he comes in, you know, in a pinch. But uh, Makai Blackman has a lot to play for here. And it's funny, the contrast, because they're like five inches apart size-wise. Um, but if Makai can show out, then I think that there's room for him, you know, in that starting group. So I'm uh, I'm watching Makai. I think that, you know, if he can avoid too many penalties, if he can be sticky in coverage, if he can communicate well, that he can earn that. He can go a long way toward earning uh, that starting role. So I'm looking at the third-round pick, Makai Blackman, for sure. So thinking roster-wise, guys, um, you know, you can go obscure, you can go kind of notable, but who do you think has an X already through their name <laughs> who's not making this team at this juncture? Luke Braun, what do you think? Uh, I'll give you two receivers. That was most of what I watched on the Tuesday practice that I went to. Uh, And there are a couple of guys that just look entirely outclassed. And also, we're getting beat on special teams. And I think if you go into a preseason, you're not getting kickoff and punt snaps. It's over. (laughs) And those two guys for me were Cephas Johnson and Garrett Mogg. Now, Cephas Johnson, I still think might have use on the scout team just as a a Justin Fields stand in when you're preparing because he's got QB experience and he's and he's athletic and mobile and you don't need him to be a good quarterback. You just need him to run around. So the defense has something to aim at. Um, So I think there might be something there. But Garrett Mogg looked like far and away the worst receiver. He had two drops. He couldn't. He struggled getting separation. I saw him make one like run one winning route the entire day he was just getting blanketed so those two guys for me feel like it's it's a little bit over 
Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, Inman, any hot takes here? I think with everything Brandon Powell's done, Jalen Rager's stock is pointing way, way down, and he looks like he's on the outside looking in. Powell's just been that much better than him across the board in both the passing game and the punt return competition. So he's got a long hill to climb. I think I look at the defense, right, and we'll see what happens with Andrew Booth and that injury and his timetable, but that position is just so deep. It feels so deep at the top, right, with the big five. And with Joan Williams, and personally, I think they look at a guy like Jay Ward as well as a nickel cornerback potentially in the future. And they just obviously used a day three pick on him, so he's not going anywhere. So just guys like Kalen Barnes and all those UDFAs are really fighting an uphill battle, I think, to make the roster as well. Luke kind of mentioned it. One of those guys has to stand out on special teams like Tay Gowan uh, if they're going to make the final 53. I think it's really important, too, to remember they only kept three tight ends last year and even though I know we're going to see a lot more two and maybe even three tight end sets I think just knowing they're already going to have to use an extra spot on Jaron Hall so keeping three quarterbacks as opposed to only two last season and now if you keep four tight ends with Nick Muse all of a sudden as a GM I'm already down two roster spots compared to last year just like that and just knowing this defense is so new and young I don't know if they can afford to steal two spots from offense from the defensive side of the ball. So mm-hmm. Nick Muse, I think, is going to have a really tough time making this roster as well. I'm not willing to put that in Sharpie quite yet because you never know. But I just think on paper and playing out this numbers game here, he may be out of luck. That Nick Muse versus Johnny Munt battle for that possible roster spot is really interesting because I think if yeah. they both play really well, you you, you just kind of that sends the coaches into, okay, we, we just can't justifiably cut either of these guys. They just played too well. Mm-hmm. So then you have to start going, all right, well, maybe we'll do one less receiver. Maybe we'll do one less O-line, one less you know defensive tackle or whatever. Um, and, and they'll have to do it that way. But yeah, that's a very interesting battle. And I, I see it as a little bit more neck and neck right now. I think they've both done good things. I think they've both done bad things. But in the preseason is when that is, is the proving ground for all that stuff. And sometimes I like to listen to the coaches too. Like Wes Phillips, I think, talking about the tight ends, sometimes it, where they cut off their praise is telling. Like he'll say, yeah, we got Hawkinson, we got Oliver, and then we love Johnny Munt. And then no mention of Nick Muse, right? So yeah. like that that does matter when coaches kind of just speak their, their gut about who is important to them. And Nick Muse hasn't, to me, stood out a tremendous amount as a pass catcher I think he has other value on the field besides that, but um, I wouldn't say that he's a lock whatsoever, Luke. Inman, I think you're right on that. Uh, You know who's toast, guys? Ross Blacklock. Ross Blacklock, I think, has been totally left in the cold in this Mm -hmm. camp. I mean, you've got Jaqueline Roy getting reps above him, TJ Smith, Otomewo, James Lynch. Ross Blacklock is in the same realm as who's the most obscure person on that line up there with Benton Whitley, Benton Whitley, um, Sheldon day, third teamer, junior, junior Aho Sheldon. Day, yeah. That's, that's the kind of company that Ross Blacklock has kept. I don't think he's making this team and I don't think it's really even close. I, I don't know how they're going to like, I think you're looking at about 12 players, wide receiver and cornerback where they're all competing for like two or three, maybe four practice squad spots. Kalan Barnes, Tay Gowan, CJ Colden, Najee Thompson, Jalen Williams. I think they're all practice squad candidates. I know you love Gowan, Luke. 
Um, I think that's still well, practice yeah, squad material. That that might be the spot he's winning right now. And yes, and then at wide receiver, Prol, Lucky Jackson, um, Garrett, Thayer, Mogg, Garrett Mogg, Cephas Johnson, Thayer Thomas. Um, the only way that any of them make the roster, I think, is due to injury. And Thayer Thomas is probably the furthest along right now to be your wide receiver six. But I still think you gamble and try to get him through the practice squad. I, I just don't. It's it's so fluid too now with the rules and the elevations. Like if you're on the practice squad, you're you're basically part of the team. You're basically yeah. it's like it's no longer the the 53 man roster. It's the 69 man roster. Yeah. So anyone going to say nice? I don't. Sh- um, I was going to leave it. Yeah. You can't ask for it. If you get it, you get it. Sam. You gotta, yeah. You, you can't. You let it hang, and if it doesn't happen, it doesn't hey, happen. Speaking you know? of sixty-nine, anybody seen Calvin Avery out there? An obscure defensive lineman. He was one of these uh, UDFA. So I was slightly intrigued about monster of a human, six foot, but like three thirty, coming from Illinois, strictly a nose tackle. Just curious if you've seen number sixty-nine out in any rotation at all. Struggled with being too big at times. Nearly enough. Mm. For my liking, he's listed as 343 on the Vikings official roster. That's a big boy. That's a big boy, especially that's again, at boy. like six foot, not like six foot four. Right. Yeah, that's that out a little bit at six foot. Woo. That's a that's a thick guy. I think I've I, he's also been kind of running with the threes next to Blacklock. Um, just kind of in the weeds here, but Sam Schluter waved with a non football yes. illness illness that sounds kind of concerning does it not and he he remember he started with the twos and we were all like we were caught off guard whoa slam schluter and uh and now he's gone non-football illness that's the same designation that kj hamler had had some like heart thing and Mm -hmm. it it was a procedural thing they were going to get him on ir while he worked to recover from whatever that heart thing is, I, I don't know the details of it. So I wonder if maybe there's something similar there, or yeah. if you're you got the flu and they're just kind of looking for a way to cut you <laughs> to to bring in a guy that the Denver Broncos just cut, which was Christian Delorio, fascinating guy who's been in the league for five years and has and made his first active roster last year has not taken an offensive snap. Um. And this has not been announced by the team yet, uh, but you're saying that was reported. That was reported by Aaron Wilson, who usually goes off of the transaction wire. So I imagine it's on the transaction wire that that is uh, available information. And it's just the team hasn't like officialized or just hasn't made the, the tweet yet. Got it. Um, and then another update too: Marcus Davenport did not compete in team drills the day you were out there. Braun was not. Right. At yeah. What happened through? Nobody knows. Okay. KOC talks at 4.15 today. But I th- I thought I saw him earlier in that practice. Did my eyes deceive me? Did you see him in one-on-ones, Luke? Do you remember? I never saw him, but I also never saw TJ Hawkinson. So I, th- I might I might not be the best kid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and KOC, uh, yeah, he's actually been really good about volunteering injury updates, mm. too. And this is different from the previous head coach. Um, we don't always know specifics, but he's pretty good at giving timelines. So we know that Jalen Naylor expected back soon. Chris Reed expected back during camp. Um, Daniil Hunter kind of getting ramped up for 
joint practices, stuff like that. Um, and that is helpful from the head coach. We do appreciate that. And then let's see, we don't have an update on Booth. We don't have an update on Madison, although he was at walkthrough yesterday. That was a good sign. I think Wes it, Phillips said like something optimistic, right? Said like he should be okay or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and Madison expressed that the day of too. He walked off and told people that he was going to be all right. So I don't know what happened to him. Uh, just tweaked something evidently, and yeah, already used that's going to be something where oh, you know he he's in at walkthroughs, but man, he, he's going to take four out of five of the next practices off. Just oh, for just sure, going to keep it super he, cautious and close to the vest. I, I saw it happen. He took a check down and, and you know how like the running backs will always keep running after they're tackled. Yeah. So he kind of got out into the open field and as he sort of let up his speed, he grabbed right at his hamstring. Mm. Okay. You don't like to see that. Yeah. I was like pretty worried, but if he yeah. was at the walkthrough and everybody's saying it's all fine, then maybe I'm, I'm blowing it out of proportion. Well, we all blew the Tristan Jackson thing out of proportion because how could you not I mean that. Yeah, did, he was in a lot see, of pain. Yeah, what a yeah, great I saw him come down on it. Once the cart comes out, and it's like the first uh-huh. guys to go over there was KOC and Quasi and some other guys mm-hmm. like, and Jefferson. And Jefferson was, just, was over there. Sure, mm-hmm. but still, the way the the picture was painted by a lot of people, including yourself, saying like it sounded like a pretty vicious scene, pretty rough. Yeah, so I don't know if if Wes Phillips is insinuating he didn't tear a ligament, or if he literally didn't hurt a ligament at all. It's something completely. I think he apart, said no ligament damage was yeah. verbatim what he meant. What, no ligament damage, which is huge. Said. That means it's like a muscle strain or something, which can still lead to a long absence. So it might still be enough to keep him out for like preseason, which he needs really yeah. bad, Yeah, which yep. sucks. But it, it's interesting with like it, if it's like a true ACL injury, unless it's one of those like the, the whole unholy trinity, crazy bad ones. Um, a lot of times those like ligament sprains don't hurt as bad right away as they do the next day. And there's adrenaline running because you're you're competing and all that. So they won't look like they're in as much pain. But then the, the cart comes out and they're like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And then the next day it's like, no, you tore your ACL. You're out for the season. Mm, but right. then when you when you strain a muscle or if you, you know, you sprain your ankle or something like that, it hurts like the dickens. And then you put some ice on it and you stretch it. And in three days, you're OK. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah. Justin Jefferson was the most rational about it. Like we talked to him right after it happened at, after practice. He's like, "Well, we don't know what happened yet, so we're hoping for the best." And we're all like, "Okay, like he's he's done, Justin. Like call a spade a spade." He's toast. No. Yeah, Justin Jefferson showing caution in uh, when faced with injury questions. That was so bad. His move. Part. He's a crafty vet. Yeah. Man. Knows he's what a crafty he's doing. vet. Uh, night practice today always very uh, stimulating. Lot going on. They usually reserve some of the most fun drills, a lot of one-on-ones. They usually do some deep ball session one-on-ones too, where it's like, okay, you know, go ball. Let's let's do it. Mm-hmm. So we get to see the Jaron Hall arm. Uh, we should get a healthy amount of 11s. And uh, Luke Braun, you'll be in the crowd, of course. I, I we've talked. I, I don't know if it's really that different than talking about who we need to see in preseason. But is there anything in particular you're watching for today? The go balls will be fun. And if you're going to the night practice, I would say when Jaron Hall is throwing those, those go balls are pretty. And that was his bread and butter. That's like his throw. And it lives up to the hype. It's very pretty. Um, In general, the backup competition, I think both those guys have made a pretty good case for themselves so far. I think that'll be a fun competition in preseason as well. Um, But for me, I think just after this conversation, I'm going to watch Johnny Mute or Johnny Mutt and Nick Muse. Um, 
I, I want to see if I can really get a sense for who's playing better. I think Johnny Munt is currently snapping higher than Nick Muse, but who is playing better? Is that going to be something that, you know, Nick Muse really pushes for that spot? Or are they both playing well enough where you, you do keep four and you just figure out what else you have to do on the roster? Um, and then I, I think if you're, if you haven't been to a practice and you're going to the night practice, when they do individual drills, watch the fullbacks. That'll give you a sense for what the Vikings are doing on, in the run game. Watch the fullbacks. Fullbacks tell you everything. Keep your eyes on Zach Ogile. Did CJ Ham look yep. felt to you like Ron Johnson told us? Did he what? Did he look felt? Did he look trim? Did he look lighter? Were, oh, I you don't might think have missed I have that. An answer to that. You might have missed that. Ron Johnson came yeah. on and reported that CJ Ham was like 12 pounds lighter. Oh, wow. So keep an eye on that. Oh, my God. He's our use check. It's happening. It's happening. It's happening. You just blew Luke's mind, by the way. Oh, it's so happening. It's all coming full circle. <laughs> he's gonna he can already catch wheel routes on Marlon Humphrey. And now he's lighter <laughs> and faster. Let's go. <laughs> oh, I can literally picture that play, by the way. That wheel uh -huh. on Marlon. Oh, that high point? So oh. Yeah. Oh man, he looked like Kyle left Rudolph. Line. Oh, let's play. Uh, what a game, by the way, that Baltimore game. Holy smokes. That was a crazy game, yeah. I'm looking at also, this is what, practice three only with the pads on? So the trenches, right? Sometimes it takes a couple practice for these guys to get the momentum and get that feel back of hitting one another again. I'm still very curious. We already touched on it, this defensive line rotation, how this whole thing shakes out. Who looks good? Who flashes a little bit? Who pops in one-on-ones outside of the obvious Kyrus Tongas and Harrison Phillips? How's Jaquel and Roy progressing and developing? And who's going to win that, you know, fourth and fifth spot? Asezi, Jonathan Bullard, the veteran. You mentioned Ross Blacklock. He's nowhere to be found. And same with the offensive line. How's the continuity look with the starting five? But then the backups, right? Guys who have been cross-training like Blake Brandell. We know he can mm -hmm. do it at left tackle. How's he looking at guard? So I'm looking at the trenches. And then, of course... You got to keep your eyes on Ivan Pace for me. Just hone in on him for four or five plays at a time and just see how good he looks as well and where he's at in the rotation, second team, or maybe still sniffing some reps with the first team as well. Some very unfortunate news. Ron Johnson is a late scratch on today's program. Ah. So in his place, we are going to play Immaculate Grid. Oh, boy. Let's play. I'm gonna. We got to lead on Luke. He's the veteran here. Oh no way! I I gave uh, up on him a while ago. I'm so bad at these. Yesterday was Vikings, so it was a lot of fun. Okay. Uh, today is not. So for the listeners, again, Immaculate Grid. You have to find a player, identify a player that has played for the two teams indicated in the grid. So we've got Raiders and Bengals and first team All Pro across the top. We've got Lions, Jaguars, Cardinals down the other side. So hmm. um, Lions, Raiders, Lions, Bengals. We need those players. We need John Jags, Kitna. Raiders. Now, is this the one? Because there's like three of these, and I always get the rules mixed up. Mm -hmm. Is this the one where you just have to have been an All-Pro ever? Or is this one where like if I have Lions All-Pro, can I put Adrian Peterson? I no, I believe it had to have occurred for that team. For that team. Okay. So let's, I find the all pro and like the stat line to be the easier. So let's get that in the bag. So all pro for the Lions, Jags, and Cardinals. And, and are we going for extra rarity here? We're we just trying to get an answer. I think for the sake of time, let's just try to win the game. Let's just get right. an answer. All right. So Cal, Calvin Johnson probably Calvin Johnson's Barry, the easiest one. Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders. Which one do you think is rarer? 
Calvin Johnson. I think Barry Sanders is is more synonymous with the Lions than Calvin Johnson, although that might be a 49%. Okay. All right. Wait, what do you Jags. want? Do you want a higher percentage or lower? Lower. You want you want to get percentages more that more yeah, more people haven't sure. chosen. Yep. Yeah. Okay. We could go with Larry Fitz for the Cardinals. Larry Fitz would be very safe. Who was the offensive guard that was just a stud during the 2000s? Just a monster. Oh, man. I'm trying oh, to think. They had a... Gosh. I'll never think of it. They had like a quarterback in the 70s that had, I think, an MVP season. And then it died at the Met in Bloomington during one of the Super Bowl runs. But mm. I, I can't remember. I Actually, that might be the Rams. That might be Roman Gabriel. All right. Let's just go Fitz. Yeah, I hate when you do one that's yeah. super obvious in your mind and it turns out to oh, be wrong. That's we could have said Patrick Peterson that probably would have been better. But mm. oh man, you're right. Good enough. Good enough. Okay, Jaguars. Jaguars. Mark Brunel, Jimmy Smith, Keenan McCardell, Fred Taylor, Tony Baselli. Hmm. Of those five, McCardell seems like he would be. Was he an All Pro? First team AP All Pro though. He, I think Did... he's a Pro Bowler, but yeah, was he an All Pro? I think who had the absurd seven. sack count like a couple of years ago for them? A couple of years ago? Yeah. Was it, that wasn't in Remember, It was Saxonville. Remember? It was like yeah. Clay Campbell. It was um, Gakwe. Who, well, who was the massive D tackle they had, though, too? John Henderson, first rounder, top 10 pick. I'm going early 2000s now. Oh, yeah. I mean, those like initial teams, like that 99 Jags team. Yes. Probably had a whole bunch if you can remember those those expansion guys, right? So think. We're I want to say Jimmy first, Smith is the best answer here. Jimmy Smith, but okay. I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent on it. So McCardell you tell was me not. If you, if you feel McCardell was like super consistent, but was he a first team All Pro? That would be my reservation. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah. Um, Tony Baselli. Do you think he was an All Pro? Maybe not. Do you want to pound the table for him? I, I remember it was Calais, Calais Campbell and Yannick Ngakwe, Dante Fowler, maybe Malik Jackson. Fowler, yeah, that was like the oh, Dante Malik Fowler. Jackson. That was the one who was, I was trying to think of. Was he and I don't know if any of them. Though? Miles Jack. I don't think right. He was an all Wasn't he pro. on those teams? Yeah, he Miles was. Jack. He was an All Pro. I don't think he's an All. AJ pro. Boye was there. Yeah. Jalen Ramsey. I think that. Oh, we got to go Ramsey. We got to go Ramsey. Got to go Ramsey. People are screaming at their screens. Come on. There we go. Okay. Yes. We got it. Now I got to look up if 46% for the people listening at home, by the way. 46%. Okay. Okay. This is the part of the show where there's going to be long pauses and we're just going to have to think. (laughs) We got to just figure it out. Well, I got, I got one for Cardinals Raiders. That's pretty easy. Carson Palmer. Carson Palmer. You could also work for Cardinals Bengals, so I don't know which one we are going to have more. Ooh, should with. we should we holster that just in case we need it? Yeah, I got Lions yeah. Bengals John Kitna. Oh, that one. big one, very nice, very nice. John Kitna, thirty six percent. We would have been wrong on Jimmy Smith. Raiders Lions. How Second about team uh, uh, Raiders Lions? Amir Abdullah. Ooh, fantastic. Forty-three percent. That's high. I would have yeah, expected. Yeah, that's high for Amir Abdullah. Or, yeah, I was him. expecting like three percent. 
All right, so okay. we're still sitting on Carson Palmer, so we still got three to go. Jags, mm-hmm. Raiders, Jags, Bengals. Jags, Raiders, Jags, Bengals. Boy, holy smokes. That AFC gets a little cloudy for me. I know. I have big blind uh, spot. NFC, um, NFC North, obviously, bread and butter. but You AFC. can't expect me to know multiple right. Jaguars. Bengals, it's... Jags, man. I can barely think of three Jaguars at all. Cornerback. Did Mark Brunel ever play for the Raiders? I don't think so. Hmm. Boy, I don't know about that. Think journeyman. Yeah. Like the, the, the brain always the goes to the best players. We right. got to think of like medium players. Josh right. McCown played for the Raiders, right? We know he played for the Cardinals. Oh, he Josh McCown pass. for sure. There you go. Did he play for the Raiders? I almost feel like he had to. Dude played for like 13 teams. Uh, yeah, we're just throwing it out there. Did he Did play he... for the Raiders or the Bengals? Do we feel... I don't think he played for the Bengals. Did he play a game for the Raiders? Just has to have one snap, right? Yeah. One, like, How about one, Luke one McCown, stat? even? Look at that. 04 to 2015. Hmm. That's a, I didn't realize he was in the league that long. All right, we're going to risk it all on Josh McCown. Boom. Hey, oh, 5%. Let's play. All right. Wow. We can slam Carson Palmer in the other Palmer. one. Boom. Bang, bang. 49%. 49 yep. so, so now it's Jags, just Jags, Raiders. Raiders, and Jags, Bengals. We need the Jaguars are beating us up. So now this is where my brain starts thinking of former Vikings that were also that became... former Jaguars. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Gakwe. What are we doing? Oh, right. Of course. Duh. Yeah. Easy percent. Now we just need a Jaguar and a Bengal. Finish it off. Jags, Bengals. Trying to think of that that, because that 2017 Jags team really scattered to the wind. Which one of them ended up in Cincinnati? Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Yep. Yep. Um, Let's see. Who've been their quarterbacks over the years? David Garrard. Chad Hanny up to Bortles 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 is never a Bengal Denard Robinson was the running back from Michigan everybody loved for a hot second oh yeah who was uh, their wide receiver from Colorado that they traded LaVisca Chenault where'd he go what's he, he went Panther? to Carolina yeah god I almost CJ Henderson end up C.J. Henderson? That's a great question. I, I can't their, remember. Their top 10 corner that everybody knew was bad. Right. Hmm. Blaine Gabbert? He was a quarterback. Did you already say he that? Was, but Gabbert's been, been around the block. That's for sure. It's yeah. tough because the Bengals had Andy Dalton for so long, so you, you can't do the journeyman backup thing very much. Mm-hmm. Running back rotation. I mean, there's so there's so many running backs to get churned through. So many third and fourth wide receivers. Through, yeah. Like what's what's Samaje Pirine up to? He's a commander, right? Or he was a commander. Now he's a Bengal. He's a Bengal now. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Or who, I'm thinking of Gio Bernard. Yep, that's a good he one. He went to Tampa. To Tampa. We're, we're in the right state. Luke, can you rattle <laughs> off? In. Can you rattle off Jaguars draft picks for us? Do you have that in the recesses of your brain? I mean, again, like Denard Robinson, Cecil Shorts, Aaron Colvin was a cornerback. Justin Blackman was a first rounder in the Matt Khalil draft. 
uh, Miles Jacks, uh, CJ Henderson, you already mentioned. I feel like Boy. the Bengals 2021, the Super Bowl team was made of a bunch of free agents. None of those guys were Jaguars ever. Josh Allen. Or, yeah, like what's the former Viking that went all around the world? That's the answer to this. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of any. Remmers. I don't think Remmers. Mercedes ever. Lewis. I remember he was a tight end there for a little bit. Is Tyler Eifert an answer to this? Ooh. Is he a Jaguar? I know he was a Bengal. Was he a Jaguar? Bengal. Or what about kickers? Like kicker journeyman. Yeah. Lambo. Kickers. Josh Lambo is the only Jaguar I can think of that was a kicker. Eifert might like, be the best guess we have. Yeah. I feel like Eifert. I'm thinking tight ends are like they had Uzama. Now they have. Croft. Now they've got Irv. They have, oh, they've Irv Smith. That's who it is. I'm thinking. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mixing him up with. Okay. Former Jaguars or Viking. Who overlaps for Vikings Jaguars? Vikings Jaguars. Gakwe. <laughs> yeah. Uh, D.D. Westbrook. D.D. Westbrook. Westbrook. I don't think he went to the Bengals. Don't think he went to the Bengals. See, even that is a tough one. A totally off the wall one because I have no idea where else he went in his career. But Medea Williams, Bengals and Vikings. Mm. Mm-hmm. Was he ever a Jaguar? There's probably so many like little one year stints at the end of guys' careers. Right. If you're a super sicko, that's like 0.03%. Yeah. I almost feel like I'm so honed in. My brain's so warped on thinking about Jaguars. I should have started with the Bengals almost. So, yeah, I can think Bengals better than I can think Jaguars. So I'm so bad at these. Former Zimmer guys. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, George Iloka, was he ever a Jaguar? Tashawn Gibson, he was a, he was a Jaguar. I'm trying to think of Bengals from some of those Marvin Lewis teams. Was there ever like a weird, like a, a Terrell Corey Owens, Dillon. that one? Yeah, oh, Corey Dillon is interesting. TJ Hushmanzada, Chris Henry, Chad Johnson. Man, I can't name one offensive lineman for the Bengals during those years, though, either. Or really defense. Hushmanzada like, seems interesting. Like Vontae's perfect. He was a Raider. He would have been a good... Oh, oh, no, we don't have Bengals Raiders. Yeah. Or that, that 2015 team had all kinds of interesting names on it. Hushmanzada or Eifert? I think we're it's down it's down to that in my mind. Hushmanzada, I'm pretty sure, was not a Jaguar. Because we, we, we lost that free agent bidding war for him to Seattle, right? That was and then he like retired immediately. What about like Mo Sanu or Marvin Jones? Marvin Jones. Marvin Jones went to the Lions. He was a Jaguar for a second, wasn't he? We're going to click it. Oh, we got yeah! it. Wow. We got there. Luke Braun saves Woo! the day. Woo. Well done. Oh, my goodness. It's a well Brett done. Favre flip pass right before I got sacked. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that was great. Well done, guys. Yesterday they had Vikings on there, and it was, yeah. a, it, I think I went like, Point one, point three, and one percent. Give us a couple names you dropped down there. I, I did Sendejo for Vikings Cowboys. 
phenomenal. I would have done Xavier Woods, so yours was he, way better, I bet. I didn't realize Sandejo counted for the Cowboys. I thought he was like a pre- wasn't he on there before he was a Viking? Yes, but he played. He did play. Oh, I thought he was like a practice yep. player. Um what else did I do? I can't remember. It'll just be a mystery. Might have been maybe if there's an Everson Griffin in there. I can't I um yeah. Hmm. Let me see the rarity on that Marvin Jones. Yeah. How like did we struggle super hard to get one that yeah, 33% of people got it. Still can't believe Amir Abdullah is 43%. Not the best yeah. rarity score of all time, but still. And no. was but we said we weren't going for that. We said Winning we just the needed game. the right answer. That's right. Winning yep. the game is still pretty difficult. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, fun. Good job. So, so Luke, you're burnt out on that already. I saw you posting tweets about that like two weeks ago. You, you've gone through the cycle I, now. I, I, I gave cycle. up because I couldn't keep track of the different. Like I kept thinking like I would have put Adrian Peterson for the Lions and be like, oh, I'll get good rare. And then got it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Got it. Uh, Sam, what website was that on? That was pro football reference. OK. Yeah. And I just I, on my phone, I just tried Tyler Eifert. It would have worked. That, that was it. That was the correct answer. So we could have saved eight minutes. We could had have saved right all that. Time. Uh, <laughs> thanks for playing, guys. Thanks for listening and watching to all of you out there. Minnesota Football Party returns next week, Monday through Thursday, and our roundtable is on Friday morning. So tune in for that. He's Luke Braun at Luke Braun NFL. He's here in the Twin Cities going to Vikings practices. That's Luke Inman. I'm Sam Ekstrom. Follow my tweets as well for updates from TCO. And we'll talk to you tomorrow on the roundtable on Locked On Sports Minnesota. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.